This is the show description for what I'd intended to do until I began recording the five minute focus, which is a heads up on what we're going to talk about. When I began recording that, the first hour that we ran today, uh, episode 173, was so heavy. And I knew at the time it was really heavy. And this happens from time to time. It used to happen in live radio and I would just shift. But this is podcasting, so I'm just going to tell you, this is not what I had planned to talk about. This is the show description I'd planned. God bless these generals. They've kept their pledge to defend America against the entities like the party. Now we need truth tellers from every portion of government to become too loud for the mockingbird media to silence. And there's a great article about these generals and I'll reference it. But then I just had this, this thing happen this weekend. I told a friend about it today. It's not anything I expected, but it meant so much to me. And it's so very silly and it's so very big. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We just got our shipment of Allen's Artisan Soaps, the new scent. Uh, I've not tried the fragrance-free, got that. And the new scent, Lilac Applewood. Quote my wife, oh, wow, this is going to be my favorite. Quote my daughter, wow, that's so good. It's Allen's, A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com slash Todd. Yeah, so I'd intended to talk about um, a great, another great big, well, in my mind, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it's great big. That's for you guys to decide. But another, you know, show filled with, 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 with news about the party. And the great article I'll read later this, this well, it's not this week because tomorrow's Friday. Um, but coming up next week, I'll get into this article about how trauma became a political tool. It's good to see other people noting, noticing this, Commentary Magazine. Um, I intended to talk in depth about this letter from a bunch of generals that, about West Point. Uh, it's so good to see. And we will get this to this in depth next week. Concerned graduates of West Point challenge leadership of Military Academy. Three retired U.S. military officers, uh, Lieutenant, General, uh, Lieutenant General Thomas McInerney, United States Air Force, Major General Paul Valley, U.S. Army, and Colonel Andrew O'Mara, Jr., U.S. Army, signed the letter um, authored by concerned graduates of West Point and the Long Gray Line protesting against mandatory injections, critical race theory classes, sanitary conditions, progressive political activism, and other so-called woke actions in the military academy. We wanted to challenge the leadership of the Academy and the Defense Department on their woke action, CRT, diversity training, and the other discrepancies in the Academy. We found that pervasive at the Naval and Air Force Academies, so we knew it was directed from the highest levels of our military leadership. Um, and this is what Valley told the uh, Epic Times. So it is, um, it is a, a fantastic letter calling out a purposeful destruction of the United States military. Critical race theory serves no other purpose but to destroy. That's just designed. It's literally designed to destroy societies. 
So among the things that they ask for, an explanation for the irregularities or irregularities in the enforcement of the honor code. Well, it doesn't need an explanation. If you're helpful to the party, you will be able to do whatever you want. If you're not helpful to the party, you won't. Justification for the mandatory injections of cadets with COVID virus, despite widespread adverse reactions from the inoculation, as well as provisions for exceptions for cadets with religious objections. And to the generals and the colonel, please don't say vaccinations. It's a, it's a word that the party loves and people have been conditioned to believe that all vaccinations work and are, and are safe and effective. Please, please do not call them that. They're injections, nor are they inoculations. An explanation for teaching critical race theory at the academy that constitutes an attack upon the Constitution and our Constitutional Republic. This behavior that constitutes unconstitutional conduct, if not sedition. It is sedition. You're attempting sedition against the country. And you're raising, trying to raise a generation of troops who hate the country they're defending. How does that work? Are you going to go out and die for a country you are told is the very, very cause of evil? Are you? An explanation of reported mismanagement of the cadet dining facility resulting in unsanitary conditions, inadequate food prepared for the meal, and food that served reportedly unfit for consumption. Yeah, that's, that's part and parcel of this. The military is to be degraded. Now, that's probably just corruption and laziness. And they go on. And we'll get deeper into this next week. And what I intended to do was go through each department of government and describe how we need whistleblowers. And then I saw something this weekend. And I happened to share it with, um, with a friend today. So this is sort of human's natural enemy when you're in a city. And Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, it's a city. It's becoming bigger, which is not great. It's the biggest city I go to these days. I mean, yeah, I was just in Santa Cruz and, and to get there, I had to drive through South San Francisco and been in Seattle the past six weeks. But on a regular basis, Coeur is as big as it gets for me. And there is a parking enforcement officer there. And I don't think he likes certain people. That's been my impression of him. Because the stories I've heard um, is that certain people get a pass on parking. Other people don't. Now, those are the stories I've heard. This weekend, I went for a run. For the first time in a long time, I got clearance from my physical therapist to put on my weight vest and take a really, one of my cherished runs, a trail run I, I love and I haven't done since I got hurt. And I was sitting in the truck and I was listening to music and drinking a, um, you know, hydrating. Me, an athlete, hydrating. So in other words, I was drinking water. And this man was meticulously shining his parking enforcement vehicle. And he did this for about 15 minutes. And I saw him stand back and look at it. And I watched him go after the wheels he cleaned the tires. He got on top of the roof. And he's an older man. He's got to be in his mid-70s. And there's plenty of people in their mid-70s who don't look it. Uh, my friend Mark, I'm, 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 every time I say someone in the mid-70s, I remember that he just, I, I would think he's in his 50s. This gentleman looks like he's in his mid-70s. 
And he did this for 15 minutes. And from out of the restaurant behind him, he was doing this in the alleyway behind a restaurant. I saw an older couple uh, come out and they were emptying the garbages uh, from inside this restaurant. And, and they did that for about 15 minutes. And I recognized them when I got a glimpse of their face. That those are the owners. I've gone in there before uh, Bonefrog became a partner of the show. I went in there and had coffee, bought coffee before the gym once. And I got to talking with the people and I recognized that's one of the owners. And in that 15 minute period of time, as this was going on and I was drinking my water and at this point now I was starting to get in this app. I use a running app that will interrupt my music and tell me what my pace is. And I was getting that set up and, and I was out of the truck, just putting on my vest and getting the headphones ready. Not the headphones. What do we call them? Earbuds. And here came a family. Um, three teens, couple of mid, you know, like adolescents and, and some younger kids looked like all one family to me. And I was walking into the park in Coeur d'Alene and I'm terrible with names of parks. It's the main park. People from here know where I'm talking about. It's by the, we say this in Idaho, we say the resort. When you say the resort, everybody means, knows you mean the Coeur d'Alene resort. And I'm walking in behind them and they yeah, no idea I'm there. They're having great fun. The kids are jumping up and down. Tubbs Hill is magical. And so they're jazzed to get there. And I'd noticed when they parked that their car was from my, uh, Montana. And the kids are super excited to get there. And they're starting to run. And their mom and dad said, wait, wait, wait. And stop the kids right there. There's a fountain there's a pool in a fountain and there is a memorial. There, there's a picture of an officer, uh, Lieutenant Greg Moore. And the Lieutenant was murdered on duty. He was a, a canine officer. He was murdered on duty a few years ago and the parents stopped the children and they read um, the officer's memorial to them. And the kids did sit and they did regard it for a bit. And I kind of slowed my walk, kind of wanted to hear what they were saying, but I also didn't want to be some creepy stalker. So I went by, but did turn around and, and, and caught the eye of the father and, and nodded. And, Thank you for teaching your kids. Uh, I never met Officer Moore. There is a workout in, in the CrossFit community. There was a, a, a tradition started years ago by Greg Glassman, who founded CrossFit. And it's hero workouts. It's to honor law enforcement officers, first responders, soldiers who are killed in the line of duty. And there's a workout we do out here called K27. I didn't get to do it this year because of my shoulder. Um, I know someone who works out with Greg's partner and he, he does that workout every year 
It's called K27, and there's a reason for that, and you can look it up. And when I got to Tubbs Hill, now, now I'm ready to run. I had to stop by the bathroom, though, first because of my hydration. And there is a young man in his 20s, and he's cleaning the bathroom. And he greets me with a smile. And he says, hey, sir, can you give me just a second, please? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. And I popped outside. And truly, there's a porta potty there I could have used, but I actually wanted to thank the young man. And so he came out and I said, hey, listen, I really appreciate you keeping it clean in there. Thank you so much. And he said, well, thank you. And so I went in, did my business, washed my hands, even though I'm <laughs> go trail running. And I went on my run. And along that trail, I mean, I'm, I'm at this point trying to benchmark this run. And I, I'm trying to be really careful because I'd asked, you know, my physical therapist, what if I fall down and like extend my left arm? He goes, don't, don't do that. Don't, I'm, I'm signing off and you're running. But man, if you fall hit your face, hit your teeth, do anything, but do not extend your left arm. Do not, do not do that. So I'm being extra careful, which meant I could be extra watchful. And as I ran, I came up on this rise in this hill and there were, there were people taking pictures, uh, a family taking pictures and I saw the generations. There was a, there was clearly the young kids. There was the parents and the grandparent, but they had gotten this old man up there. And I don't know how they got him up there. He didn't walk well. It's not that, I mean, it's not a technical walk, but man, he was up there standing with them with the, with the lake in the background. And you know, they wanted that picture. And that's a, a place where a lot of people go get this picture. But I, you know, I get the sense that, hey, we got to make sure that we get this picture. That we got to have all the generations in this. We got to have the, you know, the, the five-year-olds and the parents in their mid-20s and the grandparents in their 50s or 60s. And we got to get great-grandpa there. And I'm thinking great-grandpa is somewhere in his 80s. And all smiles because someone else on the trail, of course, had stopped and said, no, 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 let us take the picture for you. And I see this as I'm running by. And so I did my run, checked my time. I was pretty happy because I hadn't done that run since I got hurt. And I didn't lose any time. In fact, I made it over this stopping point. I had consistently allowed this portion of the trail to stop me. And I'm coming off the trail and I run up to my truck and I stop just before I get to the truck. And, and, and I, I, you know, my vest is, is closed with Velcro and I open it and take off the uh, earbuds for a second. And, and I'm sitting there waiting for cars to go by. And guy my age pops up to me. He goes, did you just run the hill with that? I go, yeah, just, yeah, I love doing this. How much is that weigh? I go, 45 pounds. He goes, wow, where do I get one of those? we start to visit. And as we're visiting and talking about, oh, well, you know, you could go buy one here. I bought this at roguefitness.com. And, and I had my hat off. And because you know, I'm trying to cool down, 
and had my hat off and, and we talked about that. And then he's new to the area. And I asked him, Hey, do you have a church home yet? And he goes, you know, what's funny. No one asks me that. He goes, I'm from Seattle. No one ever asks me if I have a church home. Oh, what? How, oh, you lived in Seattle. When did you move here? About a year ago. And he's looking around and go, I won't tell anybody. Hey, I used to live in Seattle too. And, and here's some places you could go to church. And here's some different personalities of churches. And, and he goes, where do you go? And I told him, and, and then I put my hat on and his eyes changed. He went, whoa, wait, do you have a podcast? <laughs> I said, yeah, I have a podcast. He goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're the guy. You're the guy from, you're the guy who did, you did a radio show in Seattle. You're that guy. I said, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm Todd. Nice to meet you. And on this day of all that I've observed, the most cool thing was this. I said, well, what do you do? I know you know what I do. What do you do? And he goes, oh, well, I'm just a truck driver. And I said, you're, you're, you're not just a truck driver. You're not just a truck driver. I, I, and I told him kind of about what I'd just seen. I said, I, I just watched a restaurant over here that doesn't exist without your work. Uh, I see families coming here burning gas that doesn't exist without your work. What do you, what do you haul? He goes, well, right now I'm working for Walmart. And, you know, I know that they forced the injections. I said, hey, you know what? A lot of people have had to keep working. And there's a lot of jobs at Walmart. And I have friends who work at Walmart. And they have jobs because you bring the items in. And he goes, it's cool that people recognize that. And I said, it's cool that you do it. And please, and I said, do me a favor. Please never again say, I'm just a truck driver. Yeah, the general's. That's cool. They're standing up. It's cool. It's needed. And, and, and there's more, though, that goes on every single day. And it's very, very, very easy to take our heads and stick our heads straight in to like last hour. If you're listening to this hour first, I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would listen to the first hour today so you could understand the change in tone or as my friend John Curley radio genius would say a change in tone and tenor and truly I didn't admit I didn't have this designed at all I'm surprised to be talking about it this is Thursday isn't it yeah it is Thursday, and how are you doing with unwanted fat on your body? How's that going for you? It's Thursday, and I didn't get to see my wife weigh in. Normally, I get to see her. Well, I don't. She doesn't like me to watch her weigh-ins. Isn't that weird? People don't like you to watch. People don't like to be watched weighing in. Did I ever tell you guys once that I lost weight in wrestling by standing in my head? I tell that story. True story. I have no idea how it works. Neither did the science teacher who was a wrestling coach. But my, my wife is going on her 14th straight successful week with soda weight loss. Every single day, people will look at their bodies. Every single day. 
And there are people who look at them and it's just a state of neutrality. Okay, that's, that's me. That's, that's who I am. That's cool. There are the people who look at their bodies and they will avoid looking at them. And this is what I want to talk about. Have you become that person? Now, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> advocating that we become those, you know, and I'm not trying to judge because it's not my bag. But like, I don't want to be that person posing in the mirror and I don't have the body for that. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be the person with that pride and that. But, you know, honestly, if you are in a, in a retail store or somewhere like a restaurant or I haven't been in shops for the long time, did Nordstrom's, are Nordstrom's still real? Are there still Nordstrom stores? I'm asking honestly, because I don't know. Really? Are they real? I think they used to have a bunch of mirrors. Do you walk through those places and avoid seeing yourself? because of unwanted fat. Can I hit you to something? Your kids see you do that. They, they really do see you do that. They learn from that. And kids can learn this. Wow, my mom and dad don't like the way they look. Okay, there's that. But that can extend into they don't like themselves. And there's the negative loop. Now, honestly, and I'm asking honestly, because I know how I felt when I had to go into the, uh, the plus plus size, like when I had to go to Sears and the plus size wasn't big enough. And then I found out someone sent me, did you know they got a big and tall man store now with instant, what they do at Sears? I can get the 62 inch waistband. See, I used to weigh 150 more pounds than I do now. So what am I now? 30, depending on the day, 34, 36. Now, it's not about the size. It's not, it's really not about the waist size. It's about the fat that I no longer carry around. It's about the fact that I could, uh, if Nordstrom still exists, I could walk through one and okay, so there's a mirror there. I'm not going to sit and admire myself because God forbid I turn into that person. But there's also the fact that kids watch us. You know what? My parents didn't like how much they weighed. They didn't like the unwanted fat on their body. So they used soda weight loss. They took action. It wasn't a judgmental thing. It wasn't that they that they think that heavy people are bad people at all. It was that they want to live longer for me. It's they want to be with me more. It's that they want to honor the temple. Soda weight loss, they are healthcare providers from way back. Um, and they founded the company because people were saying, hey, could you help me keep the weight off? And they have. They're that successful now nationwide. Sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. Every single day around us, people continue. There are people who never look at the news. And you know what? You and I can look at that and say, ignoramus, moron, fool, which is a word we're not to use. Someone asked me about this in email and I need to get back to them that I have read and I, I, re I listened to a sermon by Billy Graham quoting the Bible saying that it is God's determination. They, God gets to call people a fool because it means useless. It means, no, it means worthless, unsavable, worthless. Only God can make that decision about people. We don't, we can't do that. That was the admonition against that. Now, if you're going to vote and you don't watch the news, please don't vote. Please, please never go near a voting booth if you don't watch the news. But there are people who never watch it. Craziness. There's a guy who works at the little convenience store gas station down the street. And I think he'll never admit it, but I think he's one of the owners. 
And I can understand why he wouldn't want to admit it. And there's reasons why I think that. And I think I, I have a pretty strong suspicion that he's one of the owners. And if so, good for him, because that thing's going to be worth so much money all of a sudden. It's been there. I'm in my mid fifties. That thing has been there for 50 years. And it's got this prime location, <laughs> man, the way this place is growing. I wouldn't tell people either probably, but I asked him the other day, Something about the, something in the news. And he, he said, I don't watch news. I said, really? Not at all. He goes, nope. I don't have time. I said, do you vote? He goes, no, I, I don't. I mean, I vote in local elections because I know people. So for city council, uh, county council, I know people, the sheriff, I know him. But uh, like I know him from church and I know my city council people from church. Um, I might vote in the state election. Like I know um, the guy's going to be the attorney general. I said, Raul Labrador. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah. Cause he comes around here and I've met him and I had dinner with him. And, and but uh, so he's good people. I'm going to vote for him, but I don't know enough uh, on a national front and, and I, I can't watch it. I don't have time. I said, so what makes you so busy working here? He goes, no, not really. He goes, I got, I, I, I have 12 grandkids and, and 12 kids, you know, 12 grandkids is a lot. I said, so how many kids do you have? Is four. So, so three each, because basically I don't have time. I, 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 I take them water skiing. I take them to church, to Bible camp. Sometimes on the weekends, some of my kids are busy. I will take them to church. And they're over at my house a lot because I'm, I'm teaching a couple of my, of my grandkids. Uh, I'm teaching them how to, uh, how to carve. I'm teaching them how to shoot. Uh, I'm teaching some of them how to, how to process you know, foods and, and, and deer and, and moose. And so I'm teaching them these things. I, I don't have time. You know, my wife, my wife is a little older than I am. And, and we don't, you know, we don't have a lot of time left together. And so I just don't have the time to watch it. And I'm looking at a man every single day. He's in that shop. Every single day he's got a smile on his face. I've never seen that shop out of order. I, I've, I've never seen it without, I mean, yeah, there was a time when the, the supply chain was messed up, but you know what? He found a way to have that shop filled with stuff. I've seen people come in from out of town and, and maybe the shop's not as fancy as they'd like. And, and he's cool with that. That's fine. And, and he's cool saying, yeah, you know what? We're just country. We're just country. We don't have a lot of stuff you're asking for. And, and, and right up the streets, you know, right over there, there's a Maverick. They're going to have all that. We don't, we're just country. And I've seen him say that, you know, a couple of times with a smile on his face and, and good humor in his voice. And every single day he's in there. And every single day there's, there's probably, I know probably 20 people who work there. I asked a lady the other day, how long have you worked there? She goes, oh, I'd have to guess, but I think it's been about 14 years. And she works in their little deli. Best deviled eggs in Idaho, by the way. And I'm not kidding. And anyone will tell you. In fact, when you come here, I'll take you to deviled eggs. Every single day, there's that. Every single day, it's not true. Four days a week, then at my beloved pizza place at Embers, there's young people. I just met a young woman named Molly. Her family just moved out here from, from Virginia to escape the madness back there. And I asked her, hey, is it different here? She said, yes, people are so nice. And I got to talking with her about uh, her, what she wants to do in her life. And I'm guessing she's in her mid twenties. What do you want to do in your life? And we got to talking back and forth about this. And she confessed to me because I asked her eventually, Hey, can I ask you a question? Like, what are your religious views? And she said, Oh, well, you know what? I'm still thinking about that. I don't know. I, I, I think there might be a God. And do you know what? I got to sit there for a moment that I got to witness to her 
And I got to tell her why I think there's a God. I got to make a book recommendation. Then I said, okay, that's that's enough Bible banging, Molly. I'm sorry. I apologize. Old man sitting there eating pizza, trying to convince you to read the Bible. And she said, you know what? I actually appreciate it. I actually appreciate it. And she shared with me that her father died when she was seven or eight. She goes, I actually appreciate hearing from an old man. She goes, and by the way, you don't seem that old. I actually appreciate that guidance. I'll give that some thought. And then she had to get busy serving customers every day. There's probably 30 young people there who come to work and they do their thing. And I've never seen them fall down at work. I see, okay, so the pizza got burned on the edges. I'll see the manager of that place who I happen to know isn't over the age of 24 come out and say, hey, I've seen him walk over to a table. This young man, I've seen him walk over to a table and say, hey, can I interrupt for a second? I'm, I'm, I'm the kitchen manager here. I'm just noticing this pizza's burned a little bit on the edges. That's not up to our standards. I'd like to make another one for you. And you guys can keep this one. I, I just, that's not up to our standards. Could I do that, please? And people say, oh, no, no, this is fine. And one of the guys said, I actually like the burnt part. He goes, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that burnt part. So you have that burnt part. This is on us because that is not up to Ember's standards. I'm going to go cook another one. If you don't want it, just take it home. But we, we, we know solid standards here. I just, we've got to do that. And he, he, he doesn't need to do that. He didn't need to walk across the room. He eagle-eyed it from 50 feet away. looks at that does not meet my standards. That's not the Ember's way. Every day, every day this happens. Every day in a country that is irreparably broken, this happens. Every day in a place with no hope, this happens. Every day people do these things. Now, this is all outside of every day people go into church, not just on Sundays. Every day I have friends who go every day. Fewer and fewer people open the Bible on a daily basis, but there's still some of us. Very small percentage of people have a biblical view of life, but there's still some of us. Very few people even know like a single thing about what the Lord Jesus showed people in terms of how to live, but we know. Every single day, we have another opportunity. Every single moment, we have an opportunity to make decisions about where we put our minds. And, you know, I just did an announcement for soda. And every day, we have an opportunity to decide what we put into our bodies. Every day, we have an opportunity to decide what we put into our minds. Every day, we can make decisions. Podcast speak here. This podcast is dropping uh, Thursday, the 30th of June. That means if you're hearing this before 3 p.m. on the Pacific Standard Time, you have an opportunity. If it's before 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today and you're listening on June 30th, you have an opportunity to uh, attend a free live webinar my friend Zach Abraham is putting on. Zach is the Chief Investment Officer of Bulwark Capital Management. And in these uh, live webinars, he'll spend a good 
a good amount of time going into the detail behind their investment philosophy. Because they help people who are like that five-year space before retirement. They'll, they'll help you understand that. I mean, you have to have some money, but they'll help you invest it. They'll help you steward the money. But that sweet spot for them, five, 10 years before retirement, because they focus on risk management. Zach will go into detail about what that means, how they do it, whether you should take Social Security now, when people should do that, when people need long-term care insurance, when's that, that is not a good idea. He will spend a lot of time explaining why the 60-40 stock bond mix is over. <laughs> not in this inflationary environment. It doesn't work. Not when you got the banksters handing money to themselves and the Fed conjuring 360 billion bucks because BlackRock said to. But here's the cool part. Oh, oh that's all cool. But here's another cool part about this is that Zach will answer questions for the last hour of this, this event. So you'll have an opportunity to ask Zach Abraham direct questions during this free live webinar. All you need to do is register. And again, if you're hearing this on Thursday, the 30th of June, and it's before 3 p.m. PST, check and see if there's still space available. All you need to do is go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and an SEC registered investment advisor. Longtime listeners to the radio show will remember that. You will remember that that was the way we used to wrap the show. And it has occurred to me that I have never done a music review for one of my most beloved songs by John Mellencamp. And it fit today's theme. You can see a lot of things about Mount Camp. He's been married, I think, seven times. Uh, he decided to give himself a second heart attack because he refused to quit smoking. Um, he's a flawed man. He has had in and out relationships with some of his kids. He's been pretty open about this. Um, again, all the marriages. Uh, he's cantankerous as, as all get out. Uh, we did a deal with him at Microsoft where he agreed to play a concert series we had, but we couldn't, he, he, my friend uh, negotiated this with John and, you know, it was one of the acoustic things and, and you get the bands together and you do, it's really cool. I'm, I wish MSN still did it. It was a really cool feature. And the, my friend asked Mellencamp, how much would we need to pay you to come to Redmond? He goes, there's not enough money in the world to get me to leave Seymour, Indiana. Really? He goes, no, I, I tour very, very occasionally um, and I do it for fun and I do it and make sure that I'm home every night. He goes, I, the way I tour, I'm home every night. Like not to come to, to Seattle. No, no, it'd have to be part of a tour and I got to be home every night. So you don't have enough money. It's like Microsoft doesn't have enough money to have you come up. But we, Microsoft, he goes, not, not on a one-off. No, no one has enough money in a one-off. I've, I, I, I don't need the money. No, that's, that's true. He doesn't need the money because of the catalog of work that he has worked on. He's grown as an artist. One of the things I so admire about Mellencamp is if you listen to the first songs, you could hear the songwriting chops, the lyrics, you can hear the atmospherics, 
uh, he, he was once said to have an intrinsically likable Midwestern voice. That's absolutely true. He can still get it on in terms of getting to the high notes. Sometimes I saw him four or five years ago at the Moore Theater. It was a remarkable concert, but he's got the voice of a guy who's given him to himself two heart attacks. And again, before we saw him come on stage, I watched him. My brother-in-law were at the concert together. We saw him come to the corner of the stage. And I'm not kidding you. He took an unfiltered camel cigarette, lit it up, and he sucked it down to the nub, threw it on the ground, the floor, and came out on stage. He smoked the whole thing in one inhale. I don't even know how you do that. I don't know why you do that. But in songwriting, his songwriting has grown and he has not been afraid to experiment. I remember when he took ownership over his career with the record Big Daddy and then Lonesome Jubilee. When I first heard Lonesome Jubilee, the record, I was scared. I thought, you, how, you, he's got kind of a hit. He's got all these Appalachian instruments on it, but it was the first time that my really musical friend who is definitely God has gifted him with perfect pitch and, and the ability to write songs and symphonies and so gifted from the Lord. It's the first time that I played a John Mellencamp song for him. And he said, wow, wow. He goes, I hate to ask this. Is John still writing his own songs? I said, yeah. He goes, wow, that's songwriting. That's musicianship. I want to hear that again. And it was his song. Now I'm more of a lyric guy than my dear friend, Matthew which is why I wanted to once finally do a music review in this song called Check It Out. This is how we used to wrap the radio show in Seattle. This would roll up under the personal note. And kind of, in reality, this has been one big personal note. If you made it this far, thank you for indulging the old man. What do I love about this song? Everything. I, I love the fact that there are soaring melodies in this. Played with a ukulele played with um, these Appalachian instruments. A squeeze box is in this. I love that it's John's established band. I love Kenny Arnoff's drumming. This song would not be what it is without Kenny Arnoff's drums. I love that there's slide guitar in the background. I love that there is a steel piano in the background. I love the background vocals. I love the simplicity of the message that John, John Mellencamp reminds us, reminds us to live. Oh, man. 
song about priorities. Did I say ukulele? Is that how old I've gotten? Violin, fiddle, Lisa Geronimo, if you must know. It's a song about priorities. It's a song about choosing time with loved ones. It's a song about playing football with the kids on Saturday. It's a song about telling your best buddy that you love him. It's a song about stepping back from the busy things. Later in life, John wrote a song called Sometimes There's God. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Sometimes there's God in another person's eyes. Well, there's always God. It's always there. The question is, are, are we always ready for the priority? Are we ready to take our heads out of the world for just a little bit and to take a knee? With or without family, better with family. It happens every day, guys. I wear a hat. I mentioned earlier Then someone asked me once, many times people will ask me, why do you wear that? Are you playing soldier? Because this is lone survivor on it. No, far from it. I've never served. I would never try to play soldier. In fact, when I've done that, hung out with friends who are in special forces, I'm reminded of why they're them and I'm me. And how they can do what they do and how I cannot. Um, I wear it because it's a message to myself about my daughter and my family. The mission is not complete. Marcus Luttrell was asked. He was the guy who survived Operation Red Wing, on which the movie is based. And he wrote the book. He was asked, like, what, what, what propelled you, man? You've been shot in the lung, you broken femur, broken back broken everything. What propelled you? Why did you, why, why did you get through it? He said, because the mission wasn't over because my brothers were still on the mountain. The mission was not done and you are never out of the fight. I started to wear that hat because friends of mine noticed that I developed a little bit of PTSD about what happened to my little girl and what I didn't do. I wear it to remind myself that the mission is not complete and we're never out of the fight. And while there's guys who are parking enforcement officers taking pride in their vehicle, while there's restaurant owners taking pride in how it looks, while there's a family stopping to look at a memorial of a fallen officer they never met, while there's 80-year-old men willing to climb up to Tubbs Hill, however he got there, don't know. While there's people with no time to watch the news, but plenty of time to take their grandkids to church, all 12 of them. Yeah, we are not out of the fight. Let's remember that we also not only are not out of the fight, but we've already won. We stand in a place of victory because of the Lord Jesus. 
Everyone thought he was out of the fight. <laughs> nope. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please do share it with friends. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be thankful that the Lord has us already standing with him in victory.